Welcome to Misinformation, hosted by Rebecca Jones and produced by Big Mouth Media. This weekly podcast with Florida COVID whistleblower Rebecca Jones dives into the world of disinformation and how it's hurting America and democracy. Now, here she is, Misinformational. Hi, everyone. I am Rebecca Jones, your Misinformational, here with our weekly podcast, joined by the amazing and awesome and kick-ass Dr. Cindy Banyai. How are you? Hey, I'm great, Rebecca. Every day that we wake up not imprisoned by Russian assets in the state of Florida is a good day, right? Yes, it is. And we'll come circle back to that specific topic very soon. If you're noticing today that my Southern accent is a little more thick than usual, it's because I'm tired. I have been told that when I am tired or very drunk, my Syracuse beaten in ability to enunciate and slowly talk so that I can mitigate my Southern accent becomes inebriated as well. So that is why. I used to speak in Chinese only when I got drunk, but there you go. What happened? I lived in Taiwan for three years and anyway. Nice. My my French is as actually, my Cajun French is actually better the drunker I am. I've been told by people down there. And they say there's a reason why we call it Cajun French and it's a whole thing. So we have as my favorite horror comedy movie would say, one doozy of a day to bring to you today. Mm-hmm. And we are going to span. Well, let it a note, though, of when we're recording this, right? So we are recording yes. this on so- Tuesday, April 4th at 12.17 p.m. And Eastern this will time. be Eastern time. Sorry, I forgot that you're in the <laughs> panhandle. in the other one. And at this point in time, we know that the Trump indictment is coming. He's a- supposed to be arraigned. But he has not yet at this time. By the time this podcast is produced and out at 5 p.m., this Assuming will Assuming nothing crazy happens, <laughs> which is a big assumption. It's supposed to be in like two hours. We have so no assuming idea. nothing crazy happens in the next two hours, which is in this world and day and age entirely possible. When this right. airs, Trump will have been indicted for what is rumored to be 34 felony counts related to falsifying business records. Right. So they went for the big felony, which is the first thing. I incorrectly guessed that they would be misdemeanors as we went over the debunking of how he said he was going to be arrested prematurely, gauging this, oh, we're going to make sure people know what's going to happen way before it happens. So they're already charged up and ready and we can fundraise off of it, Yep, which was what we thought the reason for them doing it was. And what I had heard, so off of the lie and the the fabrication from what two three weeks ago he had made about two million but since the actual announcement or real uh, of the indictment it's been <laughs> seven million nice and this is something that trump is himself really good at his packs are really bad is taking money from old grannies across the country And we are in an economy that's not great, thanks to Trump and the pandemic. And people are giving their last dollars to a man who most people voted against, most people do not support, and most people believe is finally being held accountable for something that he's done. It's kind of like how they got pwned for tax evasion, I think it was, or tax fraud or something like that, even though the man had been involved with organized crime, with bootlegging and murder, they got him on tax evasion. This is seen like that moment where the bad guy's finally getting caught and nobody really cares what it was for. But he's not hesitating to make a buck off of it, which is very Trump. 
very speculatively why he ran for president in the first place, not even necessarily thinking that he would win, but that it would amplify his brand. He could raise a lot of money, take a lot of money mm -hmm. from people. And then he won. And according to the people that were there at election night, nobody actually thought was going to happen, especially Melania Trump of all people. And she will not be with him apparently when he is arraigned. So that's the extra. That'll be interesting too. Yeah. All right. Screw Trump. We're going to talk about other stuff because there's plenty of things that are going on in the world right now that need the attention that Trump is unfortunately sucking all of the media air out mm -hmm. of. One of which was that the same day that Trump was indicted by the grand jury, a grand jury of his peers, a much larger number of people than your 12 person jury, whatever. I forget how many exactly it was. Three? Something like it was between Manhattan like one was like 23. Yeah, it was something like that. DeSantis snuck in his bill that all of us thought was going to come. We've been mm -hmm. speculating pretty much since December that DeSantis was going to try to change the Florida resign to run law. This is a law that goes back at least until 1963. I went through the archival documents and that's the first reference of it specifically as not being able to hold an office in the state as at any state level. At, while also running for an office whose term would overlap with your current office. So this means basically, and it doesn't apply to Congress because Congress is a federal office that is regulated by it, mostly by federal government, but it does apply to president and any state office. So if you're currently, let's say, serving in the state Senate, and that's a longer term than the state house, but you wanted to run for commissioner of agriculture, now, as long as the commissioner of agriculture job starts after your current job in the state Senate is over, you can run for that office. But okay. if you're midway through a term in the state Senate, you have to resign if you want to start being commissioner of agriculture at the next election, because mm -hmm. that means you would have two years left of your state Senate position while serving in another state office. And you're not legally allowed to do that. So you have to resign. There was a change to this back in, I think, 2007. People anticipated that Charlie Christ back then, sorry, Christ, it's <clears throat> a habit. It's a joke with my husband and I. Then Republican Governor Charlie Christ, they thought, was going to be tapped for the 2008, either probably VP spot, but also potentially presidential spot. And so they added a presidential loophole to it so that if he was governor, he wouldn't have to resign to run for vice president. Then to prevent Rick Scott from doing the same thing in 2017, I believe it was, they reversed the loophole and put it. Now, DeSantis has been widely rumored to have to want to slip this in and keep in mind that he was just reelected, fully knowing mm -hmm. and intending to run for president the next year. So he was flat out asked this during a debate. Charlie flat out said, can you say right now that you will not run for president three months after you get in this in your reelection? And he wouldn't answer. He just, he did horribly. DeSantis did horribly in that debate. He wouldn't even answer. And when it didn't come at the very beginning of the legislative session, when they were dumping more bills than most people could keep up with, but of course that's when I temporarily got Adderall back. So I went through every single one of those things, summarized them on our website. They thought, okay, what he's probably planning to do is wait until the end of the legislative session, which is in June, which is still plenty of time and it's only a couple months, make sure that his entire agenda is pushed through as governor, 
so that he comes out appearing to be triumphal over controlling state with an iron fist. And then the day that Trump is indicted, the legislature's ethics and elections rules committee slips in the bill, which is now 98 pages to change the resign to run law hmm. the same day, knowing fully that everybody's going to be talking about Trump. Nobody's going to be talking about DeSantis's power move. So now he's trying to stay governor while running for president, which is obviously bullshit. But he's been doing it anyways. He's been in violation of that law since he's been campaigning in Pennsylvania. I think he went to a football game where they had, they apparently, I'm going to get into this later, forced them to announce that he was there because nobody really cared. And he like did this dramatic sideline walk and it wasn't really much of anything. He went to New York recently, I believe, to a police mm -hmm. unions thing. Also was very lackluster. Apparently they're re they're bringing in new people to handle the campaign because it's not doing well because he got on the national stage and what everybody thought would happen is that people realize they really don't like him, that he's cold and not charismatic and sounds like Fozzie Bear. But he slipped that in the same day. And Trump's people that I've been talking with, because apparently that's the universe that we live in now, are pissed because they knew they were going to use Trump for cover. Yesterday at about 2 p.m., they submitted the actual bill and it's 98 pages long and they were supposed to hear discussion on it today. So they wanted everybody to read this 98 page complete election overhaul bill overnight. They also planned for something else to be distracting so that people couldn't do that, especially members of the Democratic Party, specifically the leader of our Democratic Party and my very good friend, Nikki Free. Yeah. yeah. That's where it was arrested last night is worth yeah, mentioning. That's our first little news rundown thing. So at last night at about, I think it was 7.57 PM, 11 people, 11 women were sitting in a circle. They were just singing and hanging out. And this was in a space that is in a public square. It's right next to Jackson Steakhouse and the Challenger Center, City Hall, a whole bunch of restaurants. It's a very busy downtown area and has never been closed. I lived in Tallahassee for five years. My son went to the Challenger camp that's right next to City Hall. I went to FSU, so I was there all the time. This place has never been closed, ever. It's impossible to close it. People wouldn't be able to get to all the downtown restaurants that are the best restaurants in Tallahassee if you closed off the sidewalk that gets to all these places. But the day before the protests, all these signs suddenly appeared saying that the park, which is, it's just a brick plaza, it's got fountains, it's meant for people to hang out in, would be closed at sunset, which is not a thing that's ever existed. And this, there was a lot of documents because I've been there. Like I said, that's where I went all the time. And uh, they used to have like big heaters out in this plaza in the winter so that in benches and everything, people waiting to get into a restaurant or something could just hang out in this specific plaza. At least a dozen officers, I think it was two minutes after sunset, started storming into the plaza and arresting all of the people who were still there. And they were literally sitting on the ground, just talking and singing and like they were saying lean on me when the rest started. Mm -hmm. Nikki Fried was there. The Senate Minority Leader Lauren Book was there, mm -hmm. along with nine other activists who had previously in the day been protesting the states. This is the other thing, near total abortion ban. If anybody remembers in Florida, I think it was last year, 
the state restricted abortion in the state of Florida to 15 weeks with limited exceptions, which seemed like with the wave of things that were happening, not as a severe move as what other states were doing at the time. It still allowed Florida to be a haven for states like Alabama and Mississippi and other places. As soon as Roe v. Wade was overturned and DeSantis decided to take an even further turn right into fascism, they decided to write and pass a six-week abortion ban. And uh, six weeks most women don't even realize they're pregnant or that's about the time that they realize they're pregnant and getting an appointment at a clinic, which are already so heavily regulated. And there is such a limited number of, especially in my part of Florida, I'd be surprised. Actually, I'll have to look that up. If there are any West of Tallahassee, maybe one or two, I would think maybe one in Pensacola or Panama city and that's it. Yeah. And I'd be surprised if those were there because one in Pensacola was bombed or shot one or the other years ago. It was the victim of a terrorist attack. And so- yeah, We had a similar thing happen two years ago here in plan at the Planned Parenthood in Fort Myers. They actually, it wasn't shot up, but they, they rammed the door and came inside and started harassing people inside. And by the way, it was my state representative, Jenna Persons Malika, who was the co-sponsor of this six-week abortion ban. Her and Spencer Roach, and this, that is actually his real name, decided that this was going to be part of their legacy, is this restrictive abortion ban, getting that on the books here in Florida. And by the way, six weeks of gestation is two weeks past a missed period. <laughs> For those not that even don't necessarily a full two weeks because women are not, right. don't have the same schedule. Some people are, right. yeah, 28 days moon cycle. And some are closer to 31, 32. It varies depending on your age, depending on how athletic and active you are. There are tons of things that impact your regularity. So two weeks, but is, yeah, if you're on a strict 28, it's two weeks. But the idea is that it's like you may be really busy and stress also makes periods irregular as well. Yes, and that's you. A period could go by in two weeks and, oh my gosh, there you are pregnant. And you didn't even necessarily recognize. So six yes. weeks, even calling it six weeks makes it sound longer than it is in reality. Yes. And I did just look it up. It was in 1993, a terrorist who's not called a terrorist in this article, but should be open fired at Pensacola Women's Medical Services Clinic and killed two and injured another including the doctor. He ambushed them and then shot him three times in the back with a shotgun shouting, don't kill any more babies. So Pensacola specifically has a very dark history with clinics. The last clinic that we had was closed last year. So we currently do not have one. So this is going to, and doctors are going to be afraid sure. to practice with this kind of thing. And that's another thing I've been working more long-term on. Yeah, she was protesting earlier in the day. They weren't picketing. They didn't have signs. They weren't trying to disrupt anything. They were just sitting down on the ground in a public mm -hmm. square yep. and were very aggressively arrested, yep. which has led to one of the most badass civil rights arresting photographs that I've ever seen. Yep. Uh, yep. I was talking to her fiance, Jake, last night, and uh, she's fine. It's an emotional thing, even if you anticipate it coming sometimes. Yep. And uh, speaking from experience, but it's funny in a way because she now gets the awesome picture of her being arrested yep. and with her hands behind her back because trespassing is apparently such a violent crime that you need to put somebody's hands behind their backs and handcuff them. The 34 felony counts does not. And she'll have a mugshot and she gets the fame and glory of being arrested 
wrongly in the state of Florida and Trump doesn't. So that's funny. She got the mugshot Trump wanted so bad and isn't getting. So yeah, it's, it happens all the time. We have tons of Congress people who've been arrested for protesting. Maxwell Frost was like me and dealing with his whole mugshot. He made it like a badge of honor. I was very sick in mind. I wish I wouldn't have been. So I could have looked more fierce. I tried to look at the camera like, motherfucker, I'm coming for you. But I had a fever of 102 at that point. It did go up to 104 because that was the first time I ever caught COVID. <laughs> and I tested positive at the jail. Lucky me. After working the emergency response center that had to shut down like a month after I left because of how bad COVID was, I managed not to get it until I went to jail in Florida. It's not a big deal to have something like this happen. There are a lot of Democrats who have never liked Nikki Freed, who are, of course, seizing on the opportunity to call yeah. her trophy. The same thing they did to me. It's like sharing the mugshot. Oh, God, is this what you want? It's like, hell, yes, that's what I want. Yeah, hell, yeah, that's what I want. Somebody who will fight on the front lines, who's not afraid to get in the trenches to risk something for yep. us. Oh, if yeah. you're not willing to actually put your own career, your own safety on the line, then you're not a real leader and you shouldn't be here. It's 100%. I actually shared my mugshot today of when I was arrested for, what was it? What did they officially say? Misuse of computer systems or something, which right. was, of course, a Supreme Court case six months after I was arrested in which the Supreme Court said, no, actually, this is an unconstitutional law and all state laws that you said law are now invalid, but whatever. So she'll be fine. Lauren Book yeah. will be fine. The other nine people who were there will be fine. Yeah. And it's just well, another way to show a force. And that's what it was. Having cops charge out, make the big spectacle. If the park was really closed, they could have arrested the media that were there too, because tons of media were right there filming the whole thing. And they chose mm -hmm. not to arrest them. So apparently it was only closed to some people. And some yeah. people from Jackson's Steakhouse also came out and not Jackson's. I think it's Jackson's. I'm not sure. One of those good places. They have the best like Louisiana seafood restaurant that they have in Tallahassee <laughs> right there. And so that, of course, was my favorite place. I could only afford to go there like twice while I lived in Tallahassee. <laughs> but I, the, both memories of those are like divine. So really one thing I was going to say about this is that so I have been arrested several times for civil disobedience. In a wheelchair. In a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. In Washington, D.C., protesting the overturning of Roe v. Wade and and let me tell you they they didn't even actually do any of that stuff they just basically walked us across the street they gave us a ban it was now this was a an organized well, civil disobedience yeah in DC which is used to this type of thing by the way and normally it, in places like that they ticket you for something yeah. as simple as trespassing they do not arrest you book you right. you and all that yeah because it was a yeah it was a ticket essentially I also was a it, they didn't get to arresting but we actually I was part of Occupy Fort Myers like going way back right in 2011 and we actually had a standoff with the police in the park in Centennial Park in Fort Myers and we were all evicted from the park we were cited and removed okay again we were not perp walked or any of that kind of stuff just like that and we actually ended up suing the city of Fort Myers for First Amendment violation because you cannot decide in a public space whose speech is protected or not. And that was the case because we had actually applied for a permit and it was denied. But I think that they probably have a case there just based on the circumstance, but it will definitely be something that will be forthcoming. And I do want to say 
how different this was. So it was clear that it was supposed to be a show of force from Ron DeSantis against these folks who were protesting. And I don't know whether or not he knew that Nikki and Senator Booker oh, were going to be knows. there. He keeps tabs on it. But I do know, so I actually know the woman who was one of the main organizers of the Occupy Tally. Is it Sarah? Uh, for, no, it was Kate Deusterhouse. Okay. Because she actually worked with some municipal campaigns down here in Fort Myers as well. She's been a longtime activist around the state doing everything from particularly in the LGBT space or the, the pro-choice space, as well as in the victims of sexual assault is another space that she's very active in. So I knew she was actually trying to rally folks because she knew something was coming at the time when they got to the park. There was definitely like an organization side and trying to make a statement side, but the overreaction from Ron DeSantis really firmly puts him in the place of like baby fascist dictator here. Yes. And we want to also be clear that there are a myriad of layers to something like this. There is the general dickheadness of police departments who do these things. There is a culture of intolerance towards liberal protesters. There are other politicians who have influence and sway. So you can't always look at arrests in any given place and specifically say, yes, Ron DeSantis personally got himself involved with that. Now you can with mine. And here is the audio slash video, if you're watching, of DeSantis's reaction the day after I was arrested. We'll put it in right here. Okay. And <laughs> so, yeah, when he says, yeah, I knew, yeah, I knew, and goes on this tangent, that he ordered it and he personally made sure that it was me. And of course, that case of the state finally, two years to the day after the raid on my house, agreed to dismiss completely doesn't stop my harassment campaign from falsely telling people that I pled guilty when I did not is defamation and libel. And if you're speaking at slander in the state of Florida, but with people who are as high profile as Nikki Freed and Senator Lauren Book, it is hard to imagine that there was not at least a consulting with the governor's office. And we will, of course, probably see what exactly that involvement was as the days come. And he's either asked about it or his just can't help themselves Nazi spokespeople say what they knew and when. Oh, did the preempt movement of putting the limitation on the park hours makes it seem like at least there was some political aspect of it. But mm -hmm. I mentioned that is a place where people specifically go to to congregate at night in the restaurant and bar scene that's in downtown. Mm -hmm. Closing it would be ridiculous. And yeah, anyways, Nikki's doing great uh, as, as well as you can expect. Jake said that it took forever to get them out last night because they were, of course, being dickolish with the paperwork. But hopefully I'm planning on trying to catch up with her today. I'm sure she's doing the media rounds and I can speak to her for a few minutes. And so it, it's just been insane. And it's certainly a distraction and a story that, although favorable for letting people know that this is a very fascist state where speech is not tolerated, also, again, has this impact of burying the reason why they were there story, which is the near total ban on abortion. But we which is not going to be voted on until next week now. It'll go well, through the, voted on by the Senate, I believe, yesterday. Yes, and the House will vote next The House week. has a much wider majority of... DeSantis filed people than the Senate. So it's expected that it will easily pass. 
So can I just point one, one moment in terms of like why it is that we can call this like just move. Part of it is because you're really actually not supposed to have the governor have influence on these types of things. It's really not appropriate within each own, each state's own constitution and context. There is a checks and balance system, right? Where they're supposed to be. And that's yes. what that's, that is what Ron DeSantis is rolling back in terms of, and that's why he classifies as a growing authoritarian because he's taken away autonomy. The Disney example over Reedy Creek is a good example of this. New College is a good example of this. And he's put those positions directly under his appointment. It's not really the case where the police in Tallahassee are supposed to be taking orders from Ron DeSantis. However, he has really consolidated both the political power as well as the legal power around him in the last administration. And now he's doing it again here in this term. So this is really a big deal. Something else, even though, yes, there's a ton of other stuff going on. I think it's really important for people to realize that this is not just a name to call Ron DeSantis. Because we could just call him an asshole if we wanted to. But that's oh, not the point. we have. Yeah. There are plenty <laughs> of asshole like governors out there who are not fascist. So fascist what changes also from being an authoritarian to a fascist is not only just consolidating power within the state government, like Ron DeSantis is doing, but then actually using the forces within the military, the paramilitary, which he's basically turned the police into across the state to attack your political opponents. And you're very much interested in that aggression and violence, that state-sponsored violence. And that's exactly what we're seeing it, right here with Nikki Freed's arrest, is using those authorities to try to stifle the speech of your opponents. Yes. And, and so we're really diving into that now. This should not be surprising, given he admitted to sending state police after me in a absolute only purpose show of force that I thank God happened to capture on, on camera. Otherwise, nobody would have believed me. Nobody would have believed me. They could have painted me as being a crazy person as they've always yep. tried to do if I did not have video footage of what happened that day with them pointing guns at my head, pointing a gun at my kid, pushing my kid around in the doorway with an AR-15 to his back. People would not believe me, but I had it. And e even with having that video and it being easily obtainable on the internet people still mm -hmm. lie and try yep. to say that there were no guns drawn the police released an official statement to cnn the day it happened saying at no point were weapons drawn and there's video of many officers with weapons not only drawn one pointed at my head to the door telling me to open it when they claimed they had a warrant and they did not it came three hours later pointing guns at my children it's insane how people just lie about something what was it animal farm that you can see and but it happens and this isn't the first time the famous DeSantis enemies list that was revealed in 2020 came about because the youngest Florida delegate to the Democratic Party ever elected Thomas Kennedy was illegally yeah. detained for attending a public event in which DeSantis's office had given police a list with photos aliases the whole bang of his enemies that were not allowed to attend. Now, these were not people who had broken any laws. Some of them were journalists. Grant Stern was on there as known associate of Thomas Kennedy. Thomas Kennedy was listed as known agitator, and he was illegally detained 
because mm -hmm. of this. And so he doesn't just use the FDLE, which is his own personal police force. He's not just seeking money for an additional paramilitary or fully mm -hmm. military, depending on who you ask, police force. He uses local police to do his bidding as well. So yep. that's not out of the question for what's going on here. But before we talk too much about the two dictators, because I mentioned at the very beginning that all of the Trump news has absorbed the terrible things that are happening in other states, I think that we really need to shed some light on some of the awful other things that are going on in other states in the country real quick. So there's something in particular that's happening in Tennessee that I've been following where three elected state legislatures have now been targeted by the Republican majority in that state to be ejected from their office, to hmm. be out of the legislature. So DeSantis kind of tested these waters when he fired duly elected prosecutor Andrew Warren, who right. sued DeSantis first in federal court, which made no sense to me, but now he's suing the state. And a federal judge said that while DeSantis broke the law, same thing they said in my case, he did not have the authority to impose rules on state electoral positions which is that separation of state versus federal power. Now, having the federal court say DeSantis broke the law and violated the constitution is a big deal. And with that ruling, he's suing in state court who does have said authority. So Andrew Warren is still fighting that. But he proved that a, an elected official can just kick out an elected official from another office, even if they're fairly elected. That's yep. what's happening in Tennessee. And the reason behind this is that these three mostly young, pretty young legislators after the shooting at the Covenant School in Tennessee very recently, which no one yep. wanted to shut up about for a while, but now no one wants to talk about, spoke out about trying to pass gun reform mm -hmm. and supported people who were demanding the same thing. That's it. Right. That's what they did. They didn't break any laws. They didn't even violate any of the legislative rules. They spoke out about gun violence and said they needed to pass gun reform. And so yesterday, the state legislative body put in a motion to expel these three individuals from the state mm -hmm. legislature. Wow. That's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, something that's not getting a lot of attention because of everything else that's going on. Again, mm -hmm. these were elected by the people just recently, like last November. They're being expelled by the Tennessee legislature for demanding that they do something about gun violence. A week after everybody freaked out about a mass shooting, no less. I will also add in just as an insult to this Tennessee Republican body that they currently have a representative with the last name Bird spelled B-Y-R-D who admitted to being a pedophile years ago, was reelected afterwards with an overwhelming majority of the vote because Matt Gates and everybody else, nobody apparently cares about that, but did say he used his position when he was either teaching or coaching, I can't remember, to sleep with the youth, the underage youth that he Probably. was in charge of. That guy is still there. He was not expelled or banned from running for office. Of course he was not arrested. But these three other representatives for speaking out and demanding action on gun violence are currently facing expulsion from their elected positions. It's and gonna be a few days before you guys hear this, but. If it's not too late, please try to bring awareness to this. I will post a whole tweet thread about it today and I'll repost it whenever we air this with this episode so that you can help raise awareness too and call out 
just how atrocious it is that this is happening. And it's not the only horrible thing that's happening, but I'll let Cindy, because I know she wants to chime I was just going to say if, because listen, I'm in Florida and we got a lot of shit going on here. So I'm, I have not been, I've seen what's been going on in Tennessee, but I'm not as familiar with their setup. So are they the kind of Republican majority? Are they one of those states that had this very concerted effort to make sure that they're gerrymandering the shit out of all the districts? So they have this really lopsided Republican majority? I think it's not as bad as what Florida has, which is saying a lot, but I'm trying to find right now the names of the people. So while you're looking at that, so I'll say that I know that there's actually today to here on Tuesday, there's a big vote in Wisconsin on their Supreme court justice because they have a right now, a very lopsided Supreme court and it's a four to three majority for conservative justices. And with this one, they could actually balance it out. Now what's interesting in the reporting about that again, because I'm not super following Wisconsin in state politics, but they're a state that has one of this very lopsided state legislature. So they have a super majority in both the state Senate and the state legislature. And they have a Republican governor, even though the state itself is split down the middle, it's considered a swing state, it's purple. And it went for Trump in 2016 and Biden in 2020. And I think that this is a good point to let people know about the fallacy of the red state, blue state. And I think we talked about that as well, is that in every state, whether or not the elected officials are Republican or Democrat, you have both types of folks in the state, right? You have Republicans and Democrats in each state. And in some of the states, particularly the ones that are Republican right now, they have had a consorted effort over the last 30 years to take over state legislatures and then gerrymandering them to make them safe. And that's what they've done here in Florida. And they've done it in other otherwise other states that had also been swing states in the past. And so in Florida, we had been almost neck and neck in terms of your total number of Democrats and your total number of Republicans. But because of Ron DeSantis and because of the state legislature and the way that they draw those lines, we haven't had Nikki Freed, in fact, is the only Democratic statewide office officer that we have had in over 20 years. And it has everything to do with how you're controlling the election law and who's drawing the lines, not necessarily the majority of the people. So you got some intel for us now? Yeah, I do. I think we should get this episode out tomorrow because apparently the vote to expel them is going to be heard Thursday. Okay. And it's much worse than just the superficial tweets that I've been reading. And I apologize for not being more familiar with the in-depth level of fascism that is very much occurring in the Tennessee legislature, which is currently a very imbalanced 72 to 23. Yes. So the expulsion resolutions were proposed yesterday. And These people have already been stripped of their committee assignments and they were charged with by the legislature knowingly and intentionally bringing disorder and dishonor to the House of Representatives through their individual and collective actions. And the House Speaker Sexton likened their actions to an insurrection. So, of course, this is from weaponizing our words. Also, this is so the other thing that I think is worth noting here is that this also has to do with the youth that came into the Capitol. I believe these are very young 
representatives as well. So if you're not following these individuals, I think you should. I will tag all of their handles, but it is Gloria Johnson of Knoxville, Justin Jones of Nashville, who I was already following before this and is amazing, and Justin Pearson of Memphis. So they, all three of their committee stripments were passed along a party line vote of 72 to 23. And the final vote is expected to be held Thursday, April 6th. So basically protesters had gathered at the house chamber um, yesterday to protest the expulsion proposal. People were calling them fascist. And while Jones was, not me, the other one, filming this, Justin Jones, one of the other representatives, Justin Lafferty, a lot of Justins in this in Tennessee, of Knoxville, struck Justin Jones when he was filming the protesters inside the galley. So this guy was there, swatted his phone out of his hand and assaulted him. Now there's no reprimand apparently so far for this other GOP legislator who assaulted another legislature inside the House chambers. He has not apparently brought disorder or dishonor to the House of Representatives, but he did. He got into an altercation and assaulted him. And so it is, this is a big deal. I don't, yep. to my knowledge, Florida has not yet, <laughs> or anytime recently, tried to expel members of, elected members of the state legislature for joining in a protest. Now we might see that. I would not be surprised. Lauren Book is so popular statewide and she is the Senate minority leader that it might be a reason why she was, I think, the only currently elected official there because she would be shielded more than other They ones. were trying to get others to come. I do know they that. They were, I do know that the but organizers were. Lauren Book might be the most insulated legislature Democrat in the state right now, both because mm -hmm. of her high popularity, maybe Anna Eskamani, but also because Lauren Book mm -hmm. is the Senate minority leader. So if they try right. to expel her for being arrested, that she might have more clout in seeing that stopped than other legislators who you've never heard of. I Can I also say that. something on from the, the activist side, too, because I'm quite active in the activist side is that after seeing what had happened in Tennessee there it did have a chilling effect on activists across the state of Florida because we actually believe that it's worse here right in terms of the the scrutiny and the potential for violence and we've already been dealing widespread across the state of having the proud boys show up to our events and antagonize people injure people and things like that. There were, even though people really wanted to go to Tallahassee for some of these, this event that was Monday, right? People didn't go because they were worried and they saw what had happened in Tennessee as well. And they did not want to get caught up in the violence. So I think it's important to note that although this can have direct political consequences for like in the state of Tennessee, those legislators getting stripped, taken out of their positions, it also has a broad chilling effect on First Amendment speech and protest for people across the state and across the country. Okay, so I also just looked up that person I was mentioning earlier in Tennessee. David Byrd is no longer in office because he chose not to be. He was in March of 2018 accused of sexually abusing underage girls while he was the high school basketball coach. Gross. And he at first didn't completely refute the allegations, which was the big sign, but was questioning their motives. One of the girls was smart and she recorded him apologizing and confessing for what he did. 
And this is the sickest, of course, narcissistic abuser apology ever. I can promise you one thing. I have been so sorry for that. I've lived with that and you don't know how hard it's been for me. Yeah. Classic abuser line. You don't know how hard this has been for me. Why are you making this public? She recorded his ass and he ran for re-election in 2018 and won and then was asked to not run for re-election, drew two tall challengers in 2020 and won and then chose not to run for re-election this first time. So those are the people that yeah. Tennessee has found do not bring dishonor to the House of Representatives of Tennessee. A man who admitted to sexually abusing, raping, because these were minors, underage girls that were on his high school basketball team that he coached, was fine to serve in the House of Representatives. These three people who spoke out against gun violence and wanted to enact safety measures to prevent it from happening again are facing expulsion and have already been stripped of their committees. So that's Tennessee right now. And unlike Kentucky, I don't think they have a Democratic governor to stop what is going mm -hmm. on there. But all right, let's move away from Tennessee for a minute. There's what else is going on? <laughs> exactly. A bill was proposed in Texas. I'll fly through some of these other ones to force every single elementary school in the state to display prominently the Old Testament's Ten Commandments. So that has been proposed in the legislature. Also, Florida put in the permanent permitless carrying of firearms in public places. Idaho, yep. this is, there's so much awful stuff happening right now. Idaho passed a ban on minors traveling out of state for abortions and the logistical fascist moves that are required to enforce such a move are incredibly horrendous to think about. How are you going to know if somebody is pregnant every time someone under 18 leaves the state? And there are clauses to charge anyone who helps them, even if they're not state residents, for helping assist in acquiring an abortion for an Idaho minor in a different state. <sighs> Texas has also proposed handgun training in high school so that high school students can get concealed carry permits. There were two very closely aligned bills, but are noticeably different. I think one was meant to mitigate the potential damage of the first. The second one was for firearm safety training in high schools, which in Texas, frankly, I would not be entirely opposed to. As long as it sticks to simple like, you know, guns are dangerous. These are how you properly use them. These are how they should properly be stored. There are safety features on them. A gun can misfire. Never carry around a loaded gun. Never point a gun. Blah, 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 blah. That kind of stuff, I'm totally fine with everybody knowing. Frankly, every state should implement some kind of program like that as long as it's not glorifying guns and getting people who are 18 year olds in high school concealed carry permits because I guess teachers rebelled against the idea of having to shoot down intruders so now they're just going to have the kids do it. <laughs> Mississippi, my home state, just voted to take over the city of Jackson to appoint non-elected judges, a different police department, overhaul the entire judicial process and put it under state control with no oversight or accountability. Jackson is where my sister lives and teaches. It is a city that is majority black, 80% African-American to 20%, all things that aren't African-American. There aren't a lot of Hispanic people in Mississippi in general, not a lot of other demographics. So it's pretty much 80, 20 black and white. Mm. 
And so they have taken state control of their entire judicial process from the very bottom to the very top. And the people there no longer have any say in their police departments, courts, anything. And yep. it sounds very Mississippi, but even for the state of Mississippi, it's unprecedented. If you look back to the 1960s, when there were a lot of these kinds of moves, nothing ever quite went this far. Some of the stuff that was done was just ignoring things, publicly exacerbating things, or letting people get away with shit that they did on their own accord. This mm -hmm. is a state takeover of just one place. And it's, I can tell you with someone with very deep ties to Jackson, it's a very scary thing. Yeah. I will say that Ron DeSantis has actually got a whole bunch of home rule rollbacks coming through the legislature as well. Yes. And it's really unfortunate that such a weird wonky thing for people like that. It's not always top of mind, especially because like you're talking about attacking trans people and rollback of abortion rights and guns and, and all this other stuff. Some of the most dangerous stuff that a baby authoritarian fascist Ron DeSantis does is actually change these rules. So in a regular state, a city should have their own jurisdiction, right? And the way that the Constitution works is that the state can make rules, but then whatever the state doesn't have a rule for is left to the lower governance areas, the municipalities and the counties, and then ultimately everything else is left to the people. So the concept that, is, that a municipality or a county can have self governance is home rule and home rule means like that you can make rules and different things because it's necessary for what's happening in that city and that those rules have been really eroded here in florida and there's more to come on that and that is part of the the cons power consolidation mm -hmm. as well we saw it with like piddly things in years past with there was one that came through a couple years about there was a ban in key west on a certain type of sunscreen because it was hurting the reefs and the sunscreen lobby or the tourism or whatever got mad about it and so they passed a law at the state level in florida saying hey you can't have this same thing with the straw ban and the plastic bags so there was like Sanibel in Fort Myers Beach actually at one point had banned plastic straws for use on the beach and Tallahassee overruled them because they said that, oh, you can have that. So it's that's it started like piddly to see if anybody would notice. And then now it's total rollback. And I think that's probably what we're seeing in Mississippi as well. Yeah, it's it's a very disturbing move. And there's a reason news out of Mississippi that people just I'll be like, oh, it's Mississippi, who cares? Normally doesn't break it to mainstream press very often. People will just kind of be like, oh, it's Mississippi. Like Mississippi was the last state to ratify the amendment to end slavery. And they did it while I was a teenager. And there was like a local news story about, oh, hey, one of the new states who came in noticed that we had not actually ratified the amendment Oops. to end slavery. And so he just went ahead and filed it. And congrats, we've all done it now. And it didn't really get any national traction because people were like, ah, what's Mississippi? What do you expect? But this one has actually made it to quite a bit of news. The lead up to it was hotly debated and considered, yeah, it's Mississippi. But at the same time, this is clearly a racial attack led by the governor and his people. A governor who is currently entrenched in his own welfare fraud, Brett Favre nonsense. Oh, so cool. speaking of running back to abortion for our next update, North Carolina yesterday yesterday was a really bad day for yeah. democracy and women they proposed a total abortion ban total only to save the mother's life no rape incest trafficking nothing no exceptions except for 
an immediate, I think the word was, and unavoidable loss of the mother's life, which of course sounds very subjective. So if you're a vegetable, if, have, if being pregnant will put you into a coma and you'll never have brain activity ever again, that may not be an acceptable enough death for the state of North Carolina to give you an abortion. However, they do have a Democratic governor right now, and they do not have the votes in the House in North Carolina to overturn a veto. They do in the Senate. There was like a pistol bill that went through the same thing. They could automatically veto it. In the state Senate, the House does not have that evenly of a thing. And a total abortion ban is one of the strictest that's ever been considered up there with Idaho actually arresting young girls and those who help them get abortions out of state, which is a whole interstate violation of the Constitution, but we'll see. Yeah. And then, of course, to round out, because we can't go through all of them because it's already almost been an hour, South Carolina put in a total ban on transgender care, which, of course, we had multiple anti-trans bills that we covered When the legislative session started, you can find in one of our previous episodes. So yesterday across the entire country, it's really hard to whittle down even like the 10 most atrocious legislative action items in the country. And then you add on to that, we have this whole Trump thing going on, which is pretty much all of the news that's happening. So all of these things are happening under the radar, which is the most disturbing part of it. That's part of the reason I didn't want to go too much into Trump. Because that's exactly what Trump wants. It is an unprecedented thing. I get that. Journalists are pretty, this is like the Super Bowl for journalists. They are never going to get an opportunity probably in their lifetime to cover something as unprecedented and probably very unlikely to ever happen in the future types of political events. That's why you see the 24-7 camera footage of the outside of Trump Tower, even though nothing is happening with five people outside showing their support because it's never happened. And I get that aspect of it. And I don't think it's just the conservatives that want full-time coverage of this. There, as we mentioned in the beginning, are a lot of people who hurt and were very fearful over what happened in January 6th. He's not being arrested for what happened on January 6th. He is being arrested. And this is some piece for us to see that there's some level of accountability in this world. Yeah. He's still getting special treatment. He what is a former president. So it's important to keep in mind what's going on in your state, what's going on in other states, what's happening across the world, which we're very Florida-centric here. Of course, naturally, we both ran for Congress in Florida. I will, no matter where I go and what I do, be permanently attached to the state of Florida by name recognition, which is fine. <laughs> by, um, by infamy. <laughs> Yeah. So me and Florida, for better or worse, we're we're married and we're going to keep having this divorce fight for the rest of our lives. That's like my divorce. (laughs) I'm never going to free. I'm never going to be free of it. It it is very important to keep in mind what's going on locally because a lot of crazy stuff happens locally and in your state, nationally and globally. Um, The most impact we can have is locally. So make sure that you stay active in whatever's going on local and while some unprecedented things, sorry, here's these. <laughs> okay, I've been trying to hold that back for like forever. We <laughs> cut that out. Okay. While there are many, <clears throat> while there are many unprecedented things going on across the world and the nation, not the biggest ticket items aren't always the ones that are going to have the most immediate impact on your life and your happiness right. and your safety. So. 
please give some of these issues that we've raised some attention, spend two minutes tweeting at, writing an email at, or God forbid you pick up the phone and call and most of us don't, but some people like that. Any one of these legislatures to voice your concerns, especially, I, like I said, I hope we get this out tomorrow. And if not in early enough time for what's happening in Tennessee, those people really need our support. They are duly elected members. We don't even push the issue of expelling Marjorie Taylor Greene anymore the way that we should for committing a host of likely federal crimes. But these people did nothing wrong. They are not charged with any crime. They did not bring dishonor. They didn't even violate the state legislature's rules. That legislature has a very recent history of not expelling people who have admitted to pedophilia. Yeah. So please serve these people's support. Injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. And I was going to say, because I think the other thing that's on this is for those of you who are feeling overwhelmed, take a deep breath and stay awake, stay aware of what's going stay on. Stay woke, <laughs> even though they're trying to make you not woke, but don't let it all come crashing down on you. Okay. Because we're going to need your strength and your thoughts because we're going to keep, we have to keep fighting on this. And just like you saw Nikki Freed had the shirt that said, just fucking vote. That's going to be the only way that we're really going to be able to get out of this is if we maintain enough trust and belief in democracy that we can keep people, that we can vote people out. It's going to take a tsunami of people to vote these fascists out. And we have to stay active. And there are going to be many battles online, in person, at the ballot box in order to get out of this, but don't let it all, the enormity of it overwhelm you because that's actually part of the strategy, right? Yes, it is. is to overwhelm you and to let, make you become a disenfranchised and think that you don't matter, that your voice doesn't matter, that your vote doesn't matter. It does. If it didn't, they wouldn't be doing these things to stop you and overwhelm you. That's right. And if you live in a state where you're not currently facing some of these things, be grateful and take action to safeguard your freedoms. Because if you don't, Florida was not always a crazy state. It became like that step by step. And then with DeSantis, a big giant leap. Safeguard now for what might happen in the future and help those who are still fighting. Because you might think Mississippi's trash and Mississippi's going to do Mississippi, but I grew up in Mississippi. I actually had a really long and unexpected conversation with their chief medical officer, who is my God, I wish we had him in every single state. So not everybody there is bad. And there are people on the inside fighting and they need your help too, because one of the ways that Mississippi keeps people complacent is with poverty and a lack of education. And so it's too hard to plan trips to the state capitol to protest something like a police takeover of Jackson. If you live in Gulfport and you're barely keeping onto your place. So please help these people. And yep. and one but, way that you could do that is by donating to the Saving America PAC 2024. We are targeting every single maggot that is running for congressional office, Senate and House, mostly House. And some of those people are in Mississippi. And uh, since we are going to have probably one of the craziest elections ever, we said that in 2016, we definitely had one in 2020, but we have no idea what's going to happen in a couple of years. And we really need to make sure that 
good people are there and they're getting our support to fight back. Exactly. So we'll make sure we post those links as well. Keep following us here at Big Mouth Media fl.com get your subscription to misinformational help us keep the lights on that's 4.99 a month or 49.99 a year you can get the everything package for 19.99 a month and make sure that you're helping us to keep these diverse voices who are definitely under attack here in florida in particular going and we want to be able to share this information and we thank rebecca jones for always making sure that we know what's going on with misinformation and disinformation here and around the world. So thank you. Yep. And while we didn't get into the disinformation specifically, we get, did get into misdirection. And that has been the theme for this whole episode. So we'll have to add a new vocabulary word to the things that we cover because misdirection, in fact, is one of the most important tools in misinformation and disinformation. So that was this week's episode. Hang on, guys. Buckle up, buttercup. Yeah. We're, what did we say that we our new phrase was going to be? Oh, take care of yourself and each other? No, we came like up with something Jerry else. Springer? That's Jerry Springer's. I oh. thought we did something else. Oh, I forget. Okay. Fuck it. It's time to fight back. There. That should yep. be our new. <laughs> Just fucking yeah. vote. All right. Thanks, yeah, everybody. And in I'm... honor of Nikki Free, go fucking vote. All yeah. right. And if it wasn't new, <laughs> we'd be toasting to her right now. Okay. So thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. And we'll get back to our beat on disinformation with some very interesting developments in our investigation of how to buy a disinformation campaign. Ooh, looking forward to that. All right. Bye, thanks. Guys. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining Misinformational with Rebecca Jones, brought to you by Big Mouth Media. Stay connected by visiting misinformational.com and check out all the great shows and articles on BigMouthMediaFL.com. You can also join the conversation with us on Facebook, Instagram, and the cesspool that's Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe to Misinformational wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.